How do? Welcome to the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast for a special end of year award show hosted by the chosen one, Johnny Cadillac. I'm Dean Midgley of Triple D Wrestling and Gaming, OG Cruiser and former podcast partner to the guest I'm about to introduce. Unlike some, a man who very much does need an introduction, several in fact it is more nicknames than Apollo Creed. So this week, joining Johnny Cadillac is none other than TAW's Big Eskimo Cool, Destro the Eskimofo, Desi from the Resi, the Pepsi King himself, my friend, Des Lorene. It's time! Are you ready? Let's go! And welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac, and I must say, nothing against any other episode I've I've ever done of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast, more specifically for this year alone, but there's one episode I've been looking forward to all year. I just had a feeling all year that we'd be back here at this time doing this episode after the success of last year, so why make it any different? The 2023 year-end awards with my friend and fellow Jericho Cruz Rager, Destro the Eskimofo, Des Lorene. Des, how are we doing today? Hey, what's up, Johnny? I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for having me back on. And uh, yeah, like you said, man, it was a lot of fun last time, you know, and here we are again. It's December. It's the middle of December. It's the 14th of December while we're taping this year. I don't want to pull back the curtain too hard, <laughs> but Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas Absolutely. or happy holidays, whatever Merry, you're celebrating. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating indeed. Um, and I mean, do you, uh, do you have big plans for the holiday does? Um, honestly, I'm here in town. I'm going to be working. Um, I've got some big stuff brewing. So I'm just working on that, waiting for announcements to be made. And, you know, like I, I think I've got my bag uh, ready and picked for the Jericho cruise. And because Right now, it's I forget the Celsius, Celsius to Fahrenheit um, sort of uh, conversion, but yep. it's cold here. It's very cold here, so I'm not wearing my tank tops and shorts anymore. So I can put them in the suitcase now safely. See, yeah, there you go. It's a little bit of a weather difference between Miami, Florida, and out in a Nuvik Northwest Territory, Canada. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you want to talk about like opposite ends of the continent? You don't get much more opposite than that. Well, that was it. And that was exactly the big point, I think, when, you know, Taryn and Spivak, uh, you know, shout out to Taryn, my co-host on TDS, uh, when she introduced me to Jericho on the first cruise was like, hey, this guy came all the way from the tip of the continent. And I remember showing people on my phone. It was just my background for a while. of just like, yeah, here's my home on the coast. And here we are uh, past the coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I tell you what, I you know, and just a year ago, we were we were talking about because, you know, the. Jericho Cruz, very similar uh, in the time of year that was last year than it is this year. Last year was a little different because it ended on your birthday. Uh, this yeah. year we're going going and partying just, what, a week before or two weeks before, but similar time of year. And I, I just remember, because I remember we had our list, and this is one of the reasons why I knew for sure I wanted you back on this episode, because where we agreed on a lot of our lists. We also disagreed on a lot of our lists. And at one point you got a little frustrated with me and you're like, we are going to debate about this. We're going to Miami. We're going to debate more about it there. <laughs> it just makes me all the more excited for the cruise. Nevertheless. 
No, it's great. It gives us ammo, like you said. You know, we're going to be hanging out. We're going to be making fun of each other there. So three in the morning at the casinos, you know what I mean? Oh, so it's yeah. going to be a really fun time. Absolutely. And shout out to if any of our international friends who are close friends of Des and I that will unfortunately be missing the Jericho Cruise, don't worry. There is a decent chance that Des and I could be in the casino at 3, 4 in the morning, and we're going to decide to video call you. You never know what hey, can happen. There's going to be some of them there, too. I'm so pumped. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. You know, I, I have, like, no real memories. I, I remember meeting him, but I have no real memories of really hanging out with Pistol Pete. So, like, I'm super <laughs> stoked for him alone, and then, like, everyone else, of course, too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be so much fun. I just remember the first cruise, uh, the first night on the boat, going to the casino, meeting Pete, having so much fun, forgetting his name, which is funny because Pete's such an easy name to right. like, remember. But I would call him Skyscraper because he was so much, because I could see him from across the casino. Just <laughs> everybody else. Absolutely. So it, was like, it was fun times. It was fun times, man. But yeah, definitely uh, Five Alive is going to be, it's shaping up to be the biggest one yet. A lot of people are criticizing because of the lack of talent announcements. But honestly, at this point with Dynamite and Collision, there's so many moving parts we're going to find out when, when we find out, you yeah. know, really. And I mean, they, they always wait till kind of the nitty gritty to announce the AEW talent. And I think it's even, even closer to the date for this one. And I, I honestly, kudos, cause we know the rest of the lineup. And, uh, and the thing is with the AEW talent is the storylines could progress and change. Injuries could happen where Tony Khan all of a sudden says, okay, I need these people on dry yeah. land here. Uh, let's make the switch, and we get an email like the even like the day of the cruise or the day before saying, "Breaking news: these people are out, these people are in." And so, like, there's still a chance of that, but there's less of a chance if you just wait till right up until cruise time. And, and I get that some people want to get like merch and they want to bring I get, things I get that they want to dress like the wrestlers. I totally get that too. But then again, like we said, like we just finished saying, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, and at the end of the day. I, I love the Jericho cruise and I love the wrestling aspects of it. And that's why I signed up for it in the first place for the very first Jericho cruise. But the main reason why I'm there, and I love everything about the Jericho cruise and what it brings, but it brings my family, it br brings our reunions and that will always trump everything for me on any Jericho cruise. Man, I think so. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it definitely does. Uh, but also being able to interact with wrestlers outside of just watching them wrestle, yeah, I think is the biggest reward, right? Is being able to have a drink with somebody or sit and laugh and hear stories, you know? Absolutely. Um, the wrestling when it actually happens, it's it's always the same thing. It's always all right, everybody, we've got wrestling happening, ding ding ding, and then we're all up at muster going, "Yo, are we gonna go watch who's wrestling? Go see," you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So there's always something else happening. Exactly. It's, it's very rare that it's like maybe the last night with the main event. You know, then we're all there in the front for the wrestling because the Fozzie concert. <laughs> well, and then there's that, that one Jericho match for each cruise. And, you know, people yeah. are going to want to see that. And then the last two cruises, Danhausen's been there with Jericho's credit card to give us all shots of tequila. So we'll see what happens exactly. at the end of Five Alive. <laughs> Dude, we got to make something like those boys did last year with the Thor's hammer and stuff. That was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. This so, is so much fun. I love that we're just like spending like this whole thing talking about the cruise, but I think we do have a purpose. Yeah, There's well, a reason for the season. And I, 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 obviously the cruise is a passion of both of ours. Um, but you have a point, and we're just coming off of the just a lot or two weeks ago on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast. I had Mongo and Emily on. We did a two parter for their 
the podcast, Cruising with Kayfabe, going into Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, all about the cruise. So if you haven't, nice. if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to those when you get a chance, especially if you want to know anything about the cruise. Uh, from the reviews both Mongo and myself have been getting that I've heard about, and I'm sure Emily's gotten too, it hasn't disappointed. People have seemed to really enjoy it, whether you've been on all five cruises, whether or going on to all five, four of them, or you've never been on the Jericho cruise, people are enjoying it. So That's awesome. I'll check them out for sure, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, yeah. again, so I'm going to reflect on it, I think, in the next couple weeks a little more because 2023 and pro wrestling – in a lot of ways, was a horrible year when it came to like the deaths alone. Way too many deaths this year, um, and it, I, I reflected on them at, at nauseum. And I, I think you know the credit really should go to those individuals. Of course, I think the biggest two that hit wrestling fans uh, just for how young they were was Jay Briscoe at the very beginning of the year, and then of course Bray Wyatt, Dez's twenty twenty two wrestler of the year. Um, a lot of sorrow and, uh, I don't know, Des, because I have you on here, did you, did you just want to share a quick reflection and then we'll go into our, our happiness of the year? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, it was heartbreaking in a lot of ways, you know, we got to see, you know, a lot of, like you said, just way too early, you know, we lost a lot of really awesome people, you know, and not just awesome people, but very talented wrestlers as well. Very entertaining people. Um, so I think those two. Uh, definitely they left gaps, you know, uh, um, to say the least. And just, you know, respect everybody else out there that's still keeping it going because, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of battles that they're facing, yeah. some more public than others. Um, so definitely, you know, I think it's a reminder, especially this time of the year, to take care of each other and watch out for each other. Absolutely. Now, let's get on to some more positivity. The reason we're here, let's let's talk about the top of wrestling in 2023, all the fun stuff. We once again we have a tag teams of the year top five each of us, women yeah. superstars of the year top five for each of us, top five male superstars of the year, and then AEW and WWE were each given them a match of the year. You and I have not we've spoken but we haven't spoken at all. Last year you kind of gave me a sneak peek of your list. I wasn't willing to admit it. This year I have no idea what you're putting on your list, and you don't know anything on my list either. So. That's right. I was going to send you my list again this year, but I was like, you know what? No, let's do this live. Yeah. This live. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I didn't really, I would have been okay with a preview, but I'd prefer not having a preview. So let's yeah. uh, uh, skip over to the tag teams to start off this podcast. Um, you and I talked before coming on here. I had, it sounds like I, I knew one team for sure I wanted to put on. I'm not telling you what it is, obviously. I'll get there. Um, but I, I struggled with the rest of it. I felt like there was still a lot of great tag team moments in 2023, but when it came to solidifying my top five tag teams and I'm looking at the entire year and kind of who stuck together and what they did again, a lot mm-hmm. of moments, but not really concrete enough for me to be like, all right, I feel great about putting this team in here. And my okay. list definitely looks a lot different than it did last year. You said you had a much easier time with the tag teams. So I think I'll go ahead and start this thing off. Yeah. Um, one tag team I didn't even really think about until right at, literally as I was writing this list. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give them some love. 
they they were both great as single stars, but they still held it together as a tag team and did enough tag team and uh, tag team work throughout the year. And honestly, I think the listeners are going to find both you and I are going to talk at nauseum about both WWE and AEW. But I wanted to share a little shed a little bit of love for Impact Wrestling turning back into TNA Wrestling. My number five tag team of 2023 is the Motor City Machine Guns. If you would have told me a year ago that at this time Alex Shelley was going to be the world champion there, if you would have told me at one point Alex Shelley was going to win the world title the same night Chris Saban won the X Division title, I definitely wouldn't have believed you. But here we are. It's reality. And they've stuck together through all of it. So my number five tag team, Motor City Machine Guns. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't even think about them. They're definitely a quality team. And for them to be, like you said, having such good singles work and being able to like succeed so well singles, but maintain that tagness, like that's that tagness <laughs> is, is something cool because you see a lot of teams they split up when they do that. Right? Yeah, so. absolutely. So the fact that they stuck together, I'm like, oh, let's let's put them on here. Who do you have as number yeah. five, Des? So for my number five, this was sort of like I worked, obviously, I worked backwards, right? I chose, like, my number one, and I sort of just went right. from there. And some things got shuffled around. Uh, these guys found themselves in at number five because I think they did a lot of good stuff. And I'm just going to come out right with it right now. It's the guns. I think the guns are my number five okay. because they've shown themselves to be not just cohesive, but, again, very entertaining and willing to learn, you know? Yeah. I think we've seen, we've seen a lot from the guns this year, last year, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger for them now, being part of the Bang Bang Gang being a part of the factions. You're going to see factions are a big part of my tanks. That's going okay. to be a big thing um, is because it's just, I love the fluidity, you know, like they call it like the Freebird rule. And it's just kind of like, is there a certain two or is it just the gang? But definitely the guns being put into the bullet club this year, I think was huge for them. Number one, I agree. Um, them getting the many men entrance. That was massive. Um, and just the, the pop they're getting, you know, I mean, let alone the fact that they like my Shawn Michaels pants. Oh, on the yeah. cruise, <laughs> which I got a second pair of for this cruise. All right, rocking two pairs of HBK pants now. Nice. Um, I wanted to get the. I wanted to rock the WrestleMania 12 HBK pants, but I know that me and white pants will not do good. They'll be covered in <laughs> some kind of mustard or something. Right away. Yeah, so, that's inevitable. The guns number five. All right, number four. I, 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 I don't watch a lot of NXT. I mostly watch. I'm, I'm still forever calling takeovers, even if they're not called takeovers anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. And most of their year has been spent over in NXT. So I couldn't really give them credibility for what they did throughout the year when I didn't see a lot of them. But when they came to the main roster, it was all different for me. And they've been on the main roster for such a short time, but they've impressed the hell out of me on the main roster since they've been there, and I know their future is so bright. I have the Creed Brothers for number four. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, Just right. saw that clip from Raw, I think. Was it Raw? With the, the standing suplex there? Oh, yeah. I, I haven't made it that far, but, like... Okay. I mean, but so they, there's a really cool clip from Raw about the one of the dudes picking up somebody in a stalling suplex yeah. and then walking over and getting tagged. And then just handing them over mid suplex. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pretty dope. Yeah, no, it's they they do some things. Even their finisher, because you know, I'm I'm a big. I would say my all time favorite tag team, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, if not greatest of all time. I say is the Road Warriors, and part of the reason why I like the Road Warriors so much is that Doomsday Device and the Creed mm-hmm. Brothers. They they take something similar. They're like, all right, Doomsday Device is great. 
but let's let's add our own flavor to it. And so their finisher, they set him up like it is a doomsday device, but he does the other Creed brother does like a cannonball off the top rope and just kind of hits him sideways. I love it. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I'm a fan. So yeah, number four for me, the Creed brothers. Who do you have, Des? That's cool, man. That is cool. Okay. So I've got I've got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens here for my number four. Okay. Okay. So again, this is something that I think was just big. They started this year off really big. Um, obviously, the chemistry they have as best friends is awesome. Yeah. Uh, they're both Canadian. They're both amazing wrestlers. And I've gotten to meet them both uh, in Toronto. I had really cool moments with each. And I think it's just super cool guys. Um, I've always like sort of idolized their story. You know, like I'm just, hey, we're going to be pro wrestlers. Let's do it together. And right out of high school, they did it. Yeah. And they're doing it. Absolutely. Um, so for them to have the tag team championships, to get so much TV time, and to just finally be the WWE mainstays, the pro wrestling mainstays that they should be. They're not indie, you know, they're not indie darlings. They're not, you know, hidden gems anymore. These are established the guys, right? And yep. I think that's so cool to see. And, uh, man, there we go. K.O. and Zane. Well, I'm going to go right to my number three then, which is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And uh, I, 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 I felt they, they needed to be mentioned. It, it kind of hurt me because I, looking at the year in reflection, when a tag team's not together anymore, it kind of hurts my mental chances of putting them on. And this wasn't because they, they broke up or anything, which the whole storyline, like going into WrestleMania and even after WrestleMania was like uh, with the, the bloodline saying, oh, you know, you can never trust each other. Kevin Owens is going to turn on Sami Zayn. And they, yeah. they stuck together. And the reason they broke up is because Kevin Owens went to SmackDown. And uh, so that wasn't, you know, either their faults necessarily. And right. But to me, the biggest thing of all of it, and I love the story going into it, is for the first time in the 39 years that WrestleMania was a thing, Grand, there's two main events because there's night one and there's night two, but we had a tag right. team championship match in the main event of WrestleMania, which featured Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn winning their first tag team championship together. Absolutely incredible. I loved it. And uh, for the history made alone, I'm like, yeah, I can't not have these guys on my list. So, Yeah, no, absolutely. These guys are legends. They're legends. Okay, so for my number three, I, I kind of just went a little bit blurry here, but this is something that I've been kind of like the way that it all came down. Okay. I chose Judgment Day to be my number three. Okay. Um, I think that they're just, as a group, I think they've had a really awesome year. They have. Um, I think we could almost do like a factions too. We really you know could. Because I mean? <laughs> there's enough. There's definitely enough yeah. of them now. For sure. There's enough of the wheat and the chaff. We can separate them. But I think Judgment Day for me has been doing it really good. Um, Dominic Mysterio has just been growing so much. Oh, He's absolutely. got like, what, second most matches in WWE this year. Um Huh. Now, Damian Priest is going to be WWE champion in 2024, and yep. I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely here for it. Like Punishment Martinez, when they signed him, I was so stoked. Yep. I was at the access where he was coming out, and he was still Punishment Martinez, I think, at the time. Yeah, and it was so cool. Um, just a big fan of everything these guys are doing. Obviously, Finn Balor, and yeah, Edge really, really fucked up. I think by <laughs> just like this isn't for me, and they were like, "Fine, see ya," and then boom. Yeah. So, Absolutely, yeah. No, and so should we? Should we just say that now? Assuming I bring you back at the end of twenty twenty four, should we make one more top five list? Should we do a top five factions of the year? The year year in reviews next year? 
I think we will for next year. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, if, have to add. We'll add if it's it. been anything like this year, I, as you mentioned, I think we could easily easily do that. So, bang bang gang for sure, baby. All right. So number two, I don't know how well you remember my list from last year, but this is the one that I think is constant. As they made number two last year on my list, and you disagreed with me, FTR. I can't. I, was just say. I can't not put FTR in there, and I, I felt like. I, when I was thinking of like tag team shining moments and everything of the year, I was like, FTR was almost on the back burner, and I was like, no, they still did. They were AEW tag team champions. They still did quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm thinking of the summer of CM FTR and everything else, and that's true. And they were a re- really big part of launching Collision off, right? Uh, like, that that is that is very true. And they still have a prominent spot on my top five list. Obviously, you do not know what my number one is, but I will allude by saying I think you'll be a little happier with my number one this year than you were last year. So that's all I'm <laughs> cool. saying on that. Um, who's your number two, Des? So it's not FTR. FTR did not make my list this year. And oh. that's, a, that's a very deliberate move on my part because, yes, they've done a lot. They, they get the honorable mention, I think, okay, fair in enough. this category for me uh, because I wanted to give other people the shine. And I think they do, too. I think yeah. FTR, everybody knows FTR is the best. FTR is yeah. great. FTR is God-tier pro wrestling level. If you put them in a tag team uh, story, the promos are going to be great. The storyline is going to be great. The matches are going to be awesome. Right? Absolutely. We know this. So I think FTR, that they put aside my number two this year, the Golden Jets. Okay? I love it. Chris Jericho, I love it. Kenny Omega. Let me tell you something. When you take two of the greatest Canadian wrestlers, active Canadian wrestlers right now, in AEW, and there are a lot now. This is the, the pool is deepening yeah. on that for sure. Um, definitely, these two guys have the chemistry. Uh, Omega, I think, I don't know, like, did you see Dynamite this week? His promo was a little bit sloppy. He was messing up a little bit there. He was tripping over his words a bit. Um, but him and Chris just have a chemistry where they're both like, yeah, I don't trust him. He knows I don't trust him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. a great pairing of what, a, what an, an unconventional tag team should be. Two um, polar opposite wrestlers that don't get along, but they're very respectful of each other, and they're very good wrestlers. This is we've seen it so many times before. Um, the Bar is a good example of a team. I like was this. just thinking about the Bar, yeah. And so, like, boom! I think Golden Jets my number two. I I'm all for that. My number one, the one when I've been thinking because I've been thinking about my top five list throughout the year, and of course, especially getting heavier and heavier in my thoughts as we've been getting closer to this day. But the one tag team that I said from the get-go I should put as my number one tag team of the year, I stuck with it. Here we are. Um, I felt a little weird based on recent circumstances and injuries and everything. But nevertheless, MJF and Adam Cole, my number one tag team of 2023, the tag team that was put together in that Blind Eliminator tournament that you're like, okay, that. They're enemies, and just similar to what you were saying with the Golden Jets, they, and it, it led to an epic match at a sold-out all-in crowd, and they, they got along through it all, the whole story based on do these guys get along. Again, kind of what they were talking about with uh, Ken, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, only this time they're like, hey, we're friends and we're sticking together, and still Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, MJF and Adam Cole for me. Wow, well deserved. They honestly, looking back at the year, definitely they um, they could have made my top five easily 
Because, uh, yeah, that's definitely a good tag team for sure. My number one tag team of the year, baby. Wimp, 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 scissor me, Johnny Cadillac. <laughs> it's the acclaimed, right. baby. It is the acclaimed. Blah. Okay. <laughs> Dude, words don't even need to make it. Like, I don't even need to make words here. Honest to God. These guys are so entertaining. They've come into their own so much this year. Um, I remember when Max Caster first came out and we were watching Dynamites on Zoom. And I'd be like, I got to hear this. I got to hear this. And everybody was like, oh, he's so hacky and blah, blah, blah. Right. People come around to it. People people definitely have come around to it. And everybody loves the acclaimed. Um, they're definitely just massive. Their addition of daddy ass here, uh, the whole year has been great for them. And it's just, you know, it's just going to be barreling towards a big feud with the guns here. Uh, Billy Gunn says his match, his last match, his retirement's not going to be with his kids. But I think he's going to play a big part in all of that. I think we're going to see Billy Gunn cross back over um, to the gun side here in all of this kerfuffle here in right. 2024. But I think definitely 2023 belong to the acclaimed. All right. It's interesting. The only tag team that you and I both had on our top fives is Sammy, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. So I liked the diversity there. With that said, because I thought about the acclaimed, and I thought they did some good things. But to me, they were all the more set because of Billy Gunn, Daddy Ass. And so I said, you know, if we were doing top five trios, they'd be my number one. But uh, just as a tag team, that's that's where I didn't have them on my list. But I absolutely love the fact and respect that you put them as even as number one on yours. So, hell yeah, man! All right, I love me some clean. Love yeah. me some clean. All right, let's. Uh, should we just go right to the women then? Let's go right into the women. All here, right, again another list. that line out later. <laughs> <laughs> another uh, list that. You know, I I knew a couple right off the top of my head, but then I was like, man, top five, and I struggled. And then I talked to you, and it seemed like you had maybe a little easier time than I did. But let's get right into it. Number five for me is Zoe Stark. I uh, I you know I thought you know I thought it was just it was a shining year for her, where like you know you look at the the rivalry with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, and a big part of that was Zoe Stark. And considering, you know, this time a year ago, she was still in cutting her teeth in NXT and just showing, yeah, she hasn't won any championships or anything this year, but I think her future can still be very bright. She's just moving up the women's division as best she can and being a dominant force within the women's division that like, really, I feel it's not one of those kind of forced ones on like say uh, Nia Jax or something that I think people could really get behind if they really thought about it. Zoe Let's Stark. Let's talk about Nia Jax when we're talking about the top five women. <laughs> but Zoe Stark, number five. Go ahead, Des. When you said Zoe Starks, I thought you meant Billy Starks, and I was like, "Yo, awesome!" Oh, like, that's <laughs> awesome. like wow, what a what a dark horse to start off this top five, right? And then I was like, "Oh," and then you started talking about Becky, and I'm like, "I am not thinking of the same person here. <laughs> I am not Stark for okay. Starks." Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now. My my number five here, um, I think this, uh, okay, Sky Blue, right okay. out of the bat. Right? All right. Boom. Sky Blue, I think she had done so much here with this single, like the run that she's been on here. Um, is she ready for a title? I don't think so. But right. she's definitely made herself into a very just credible threat, I'd say, to, to a singles championship reign, you know, where you want to have a, a credible contender for your match, somebody who's entertaining, but somebody who's also really just built themselves up. Yeah. You know, I remember like, you know, sky blue uh, was always like, you know, there, but never really like at this level. So I just want to see where she goes from this now. 
Uh, will it mean, uh, you know, like a TBS championship? I think so. 2024. Let's give her the mid-card title. Let's see where okay. she goes with it. Um, because wrestling, as we know, is, is ebbs and flows. It's ups and downs. So you ride the wave and you got it, right? If you have momentum with somebody, you use it. Um, a lot of bookers, they might want to, oh, no, we're not going to let the fans, you know, like dictate what we do or whatever. But, hey, man, if people are behind somebody, then give them some momentum. So Sky Blue number five. I mean, I feel like that number one booker promoter that was like, hey, we're not going to give the fans what he wanted. Uh, he, number one, doesn't work for AEW. Number two, retired, and then came out of retirement because he won control of his own company again. And then TKO took over WWE, and now he's not involved once again. And Sky Blue has nothing to worry about with VKM anyway. So. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I love WWE, but I can knock on some things too. So... <laughs> Anyway, number four, going to the realm of AEW, and one star that I think has really shined in 2023 a lot more than I honestly thought she would, to the point that she is now currently the TBS champion, Julia Hart, my number four, uh, going from that cheerleader to now, you know, remember, she's not just the manager of House of Black, she's had an incredible 2023, ending and uh, culminating in championship gold. I thought it had to be noted. Julia Hart for me, number four. Julia's awesome, man. Like you said, she's done a lot. Like it's been a really breakout year for her. There's been a lot of really good stories, I think, in women's wrestling this year. So there's a lot to celebrate, which is what I like about these lists going back and forth. Yeah. Um, for my number four, Hikaru Shida. I've got okay. Shida, holy Shida, in at number four. Um, I just think she's had a good year. She's a solid wrestler and a big draw for the company. I think AEW really benefits from having Shida there. And her physicality and just her matches are great. I think I watch a Sheeta match. If I know Sheeta's come to the ring, I'll pay attention because I know it's going to be fun. And there we go. Absolutely. And so I think I'll just go ahead and come out right out with my number three, which is Hikaru Sheeta. <laughs> so that's both the tag teams and now the women that your number three is my number four. Well, how does this work? Yeah. And I, I will agree with everything you say. I, I thought I thought there's too many gaps between, but then she she came back. She won the women's championship a couple times. And so she still, despite those gaps, she still had those, those big shining moments and capturing some championship gold, which honestly, if you look at, well, any, any titles in AEW in general, but especially in the women's division, you don't really see a whole lot of title changes throughout a year. And uh, so the fact that you had Hikaru Shida's name listed with two of those title changes as becoming champion, I think it was a great 2023 for Hikaru Shida, for sure. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, talking about great 2023s, though, my number three on this list, Chris Statlander. All right. Okay, Chris, coming back, I was looking forward to this for so long. Just big, just awesome. I've been a, such a big Chris Statlander fan. Um, I've been really happy with the return with her big, like, just coming back, honestly. It was always like, is this it? Is this the time? Is this the Will this be, is this the week? Is this the <laughs> week? And finally we got it. Chris coming back. Um, I would have preferred, I would have liked it if they, as goofy as it was, you know, the, the alien. Um, I don't know. You know, I, yeah. uh, I just, I think that, I think they could have written that off. I think they could have found a way to have fun with that and just right. like the change. You know what I mean? Right. As opposed to just dropping it cold. Um, but I like the new look. I like the new, the new feel, the new, the new gimmick. Um, I hear so many, I hear so much criticism 
about how she's just not a nice person though, and that sucks because I really want to like her. But uh, I don't know. you know, and that was the thing. Like the the one Jericho cruise she was on, she was one of the few talent on that cruise that I didn't get the opportunity to meet. So like I couldn't stand here and tell you one way or the other. Like I could tell you from like Four Leaf Clover how much of a sweetheart Mickey James was. I loved Mickey James, but yeah, I, I can't tell you one thing or the other on Chris Atlander because I didn't get that opportunity to meet her on the cruise she was on. Yeah, I know, man. I know. I tell you. <laughs> so all right. Now, when I told you I struggled with my women's list, the two the two names I knew for sure were gonna make it on in their spots was number two and number one. So I'm gonna just come out right right out with it. Number two, Timeless Tony Storm has had an incredible 2023, like completely transforming her career. <clears throat> and I mean now, now like I'm you're a friend of his and everything, but it's done a lot for Luther, where Luther's on TV every week now. And yeah, just, dude, huge for him. It, I didn't know how I felt at first when you know they were they were breaking up the Outcasts, and I, I was kind of sad about because I love the Outcasts, I love Soraya, and I love um, Ruby Soho, and I and I love Tony Storm, and I, I, I was a huge fan of that faction. And then Tony Storm kind of leaving there, it was like, no, no, keep them together. And but then she's like, hey. I'm going to still find a way. They'll be fine. And I'm going to make myself shine even more in black and white. And that's exactly that what iconic she, promo, you know, tits up, uh, you know, tits out, uh, watch out for the shoe. Yeah. Right? Uh, chin shoes. up, tits out, watch out for the shoe. Yeah, absolutely. It. It's a mainstay in AEW. It really is. So Tony storm number two for me. Awesome. So for me now, I went with somebody who didn't get a whole lot of time in, but when they did, they went wild with it. Okay. Abaddon is my number two. For the women's wrestler of the year. Okay. Abaddon has always been so creative and so sought after, I feel, by the fans. Anytime they're out there, anytime that you're just having, like, they're just, oh, God, the makeup is so good. Yeah. You know, I just, I love them. And I just can't wait. Um, you know, uh, I saw them on the boat and just loved them. And, uh, man, honestly, the creepy factor, the wrestling is there. Um, you know, just such, just, yeah. Absolutely. I will go. I will never forget the first time that I think it was the first time she was at least on Dynamite in 2020 and they were making a huge deal about the fact that Anna Jay was up next and they're like Anna Jay and they didn't even say who her opponent was and it's like all right cool Anna Jay's coming now it's probably going to be a nice victory for her and then her opponent was Abaddon and Abaddon came out with the victory that night and it was like it turned a lot of heads for sure mine being one of them and and you know she hasn't Hasn't always been on TV throughout, but uh, still one of those one of those ones who'll stick out for sure when she is there in a good way. Yeah. So number one for me, um, again, I, I felt where where women's wrestling has still been really good in 2023, but for me, and I don't know if you're going to agree or disagree with me on this, but there was only one woman I, I could have as my number one wrestler of the year, and that's Rhea Ripley. I incredible year for Rhea Ripley entry number one in the women's Royal rumble winning the whole thing, even after being attacked by Beth Phoenix in the previous match and going on to winning the, the women's Royal rumble entry number one going on to having an incredible match at WrestleMania, winning the SmackDown women's championship and has been champion ever since. And, and again, you mentioned judgment day and a big part of judgment day and their success is Rhea Ripley and, and a male faction being the one woman in there, but still, like, 
making herself shine in that group and doing big things with Judgment Day. 2023 has been an incredible year for Rhea Ripley, my woman wrestler of the year. And there we go, exactly. Mommy number one, mommy number one for me over here too, man. Absolutely. Rhea Ripley, how can you not choose Rhea Ripley to be the number one pick for woman of the year here this year? Like as our good friend Taryn would say, man, Rhea Ripley is just, that would be Taryn's pick as well. I know, absolutely. You know what I mean? We talk about it a lot. Uh, We talk when we talk about wrestling and stuff. And definitely Rhea Ripley, just 100%. Absolutely. I'm still a little floored, though, because I I think in the first, this is the first time in either of our review episodes that we agreed on a number one for sure as being number one. I remember last year I said, like, for match of the year, I said Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And then you said Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. And then you were quick to point out when, like, some one of the internet sources uh, said, Rollins and I think it was like the WWE year in awards. It was something incredible. It wasn't just one of those random ones. And they said Rollins and Cody Rhodes selling themselves number one. You're like, take that, Johnny Cadillac. I'm like, all right, does. Yeah. But the vindication, fact, vindication. <laughs> but we have a, a solidified, agreed upon number one in the list. So I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely, Rhea Ripley. Congratulations. Absolutely. All right, Johnny. As I always say, brother. Bring on the men. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Top, top five male superstars of the year. Des, we'll let you go first on this one. Okay, man. Here we go. So for my number five now, this is one of the rare appearances you're going to see a WWE superstar in any of my lists. Apparently, <laughs> this is just like a subliminal <laughs> thing that I've done. Now, my number five, Seth Rollins. Okay. I think Seth Rollins has done so much this year with that World Heavyweight Championship. I just wish the logo was a little bit smaller on it. But Fair he's enough. done so much for being the workhorse champion, for being the most entertaining, for just for being the one guy to show ass, to put himself out there like nobody else has before. You know, um, I've read a lot of things this year, a lot of comparisons to like Macho Man and things. Okay. And I definitely see him as that spot. You know, like he really is entertaining on the microphone. He's just fun and he's a great wrestler. And he puts on great matches. The storylines, what he's doing right now with CM Punk is amazing. I'm so glad that he is finally just, man, it's Seth Rollins' time. And I think Rollins is going to get bigger and bigger. I think as the years go on, he's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, especially now with Triple H in the place he's in. I think 24 is going to be even bigger for Seth Rollins, um, if that's even possible. Well, that was, I I, want to shed a little bit more light on that when you mentioned CM Punk, because that was an incredible moment. On Monday, and I actually read later on that they had no producers of that segment. They they just let Punk and Rollins uh, go with it. And uh, to see Seth Rollins coming out to interrupt CM Punk as a happy-go-lucky, uh, like, everybody sing along to my song, Seth Rollins. He's doing his strut and his dance at first, and then he turns around, and he's all business, and we see a new, a different side of Seth Rollins. Not necessarily a new side, but the side we haven't yeah. seen in a while where it's, it's business and focus, and he, he says, you know, I hate you. And I, I was just like, man, this is so good. I'm so mm-hmm. invested in this early on in Seth Rollins and CM Punk. I will say it's going to lead to WrestleMania, and, like, count Johnny Cadillac in there for the ride. It's I'm, I'm all for it. So <laughs> with that said, so my, my I knew for a while the names on my top five men list – and it was just trying to figure out the order. Number five, 
I think it is, this might be one of those names that you might disagree with me on, but that's okay. But to see where he was at at the start of 2023 to where he is we'll now Jimmy Uso. is L.A. Knight. Okay, there we go, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the fact, you know, he... The Royal Rumble, he had that match with Bray Wyatt, and it was, uh, yep, L.A. Knight, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was the Mountain Dew Pitch Black Unsanctioned match or whatever it was called, and it was it was very weird in a lot of ways. And it was, it was, it was a good weird, but it was like, and it was just, you know, it was where, to me, and I think a lot of fans, it was more looking of how is Bray Wyatt going to get his start now that he's back in WWE and it was yeah. okay. L.A. Knight's gonna be his first step to really giving himself stardom, and unfortunately, it was not a good 2023 for Bray Wyatt after that. But L.A. Knight turned things around, and he only sh- flew higher and bright farther from there. You know, he was gypped a WrestleMania match, a WrestleMania moment, but he said he didn't let that stop him, and he's like, you know, let, let's make this. And he really, they say, the fastest rising star in WWE history. I don't know if I'd say in history because that's that's a lot of years, but he had an incredible year. So I think LA Knight definitely has to be mentioned. Awesome. No, LA Knight definitely uh definitely worth that mention for sure. Uh hey, number four. Here we go. The Mad King, Eddie Kingston. All right. My number four. My number four. Um, a lot of people on the fence about Eddie, they don't like him. They say, Oh, he's not in shape. Oh, he's sloppy. Oh, he's this and that. No. Eddie Kingston is Ed, he's just entertaining the He's a tough guy. He yeah. gives that old school sort of feel of like, yo, this is a legit dude that is a tough guy. He's not the like the smarmy, cocky guy. He's he's the tough guy, right? Yeah. Um, he's very much like the Taz of this generation. I feel, you know. I can see that. Um, but definitely his run here this year with the strong championship, with the Ring of Honor championship. Um, did he need to like? I don't know. Him entering the Continental Classic by putting up both of the championships, uh, we'll see. You right. know what I mean? Obviously, I think that was a really sort of a weird move. I agree. Um, because it's like now this person, now when they announce it, you hear Excalibur saying this person's going to be this champ and this and this. And it's like, bro, you got to know. No. This person has to win these belts, keep one and the other two. But then they go up to tournaments again? Like, what the – like, <laughs> anyways – Eddie Kingston, number four. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Number four for me, and again, I had the name solidified, and it was where do I put him? I don't know how I feel about him being on number four, but I still felt all the more confident about my top three. So nevertheless, number four, an incredible 2023 year for Gunther, the record-setting longest intercontinental champion of all time. Shout out to Mongo from Cruising with Kefe because he – has hated the fact that the Honky Tonk Man has held that record for so long. <laughs> he was ecstatic that Gunther took it. And it's just to set in a new record for a 30-man Royal Rumble match of the longest time in there to be runner-up. And, I mean, he he's he's added prestige that the Intercontinental title has needed for so long. A great 2023 for Gunther. Still no end in sight. There's I Anyone that you hear talking about it, there's... It seems like a lot of people are having trouble even trying to remotely decipher who might be the one to the throne, Gunther. And a lot of that is just because he's so good and he's had such a good year. Gunther. I want to see him do something old school. I want to see him relinquish the championship in his chase for the world championship. Okay. 
you know? Yeah. Just say, look, nobody's beat me for this thing. I'm putting it aside and I'm cashing in. I want my world title and it's coming at X. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, uh, I, I think, think that'd be huge. That option C, as TNA would like to say. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, here we go. My number three, L.A. Knight. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, L.A. Knight. Uh, honestly, so entertaining. I give this guy a lot of shit. Not personally, obviously. I don't call him <laughs> up and I'm like, right. fuck guy. But like, I do. I rag on him a lot in, in social media and public and stuff because, man, the guy did, okay? The guy has taken what works in pro wrestling. He's taken on this. He's like if Stone Cold and The Rock had a kid. Right, he's like, he's yeah. like if there was a if there was a kid that studied both of those men as a teenager and then honed his craft and became a great pro wrestler, what would work, you know? And I remember watching NWA and watching, you know, um, help me out here. What was his fucking name? On the, um, what the hell? <laughs> well, Why Eli Drake. What's that? Are you talking about Eli Drake? Yeah, Eli Drake. Okay. That's the fucking. I'm just like, <laughs> I was, like, fuck was, I was thinking you were talking like old school NWA, not LA Knight before he was LA Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just LA Knight before he was LA Knight. While well, I was watching him on NWA Power, you know, not back in the day. Yeah. But um, man, the guy's just got away with the microphone. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's very captivating with the microphone. Um, I think definitely his ring skills are going to be picking up at a level that is just like, like you said, astronomical at this point because his rise is fast. The fans love him. And I just hope that WWE doesn't do what WWE always has done and just lets it cool down way too much on a guy. And then three years later, they're like, hey, you want Shinsuke to be champion? And it's like, fuck, man. Right. Like, yeah. Like in 2017, we did. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, give this guy a shot now. So Elliot Knight, number three. I'm all for it. Let me talk to you. I had to drop that line in there. for So... <laughs> Fun fact about L.A. Knight is the fact you and I have never actually talked to each other about L.A. Knight in the entire year. And so I saw, I didn't know what your take was on him, and it was sometime last summer, I saw you mention something about the fact that, like, everyone's comparing him to, you know, like, modern-day Attitude Era, mix of Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and The Rock. And the one status I saw you post on Facebook seemed like you disagreed with it, which is why I said I didn't know if you agreed with my who my number five was and you were waiting for me to say Jimmy Uso. And I don't think I didn't hear that. And so to the point that I read your status and I'm like, you know what? That does it. I did a whole podcast episode just talking about LA night, which was immediately actually stemmed because I read your status post. So <laughs> there's a little behind the music type thing there for caddy. Chat Wrestling talk. And, uh, just but then come, come here and, you're right. Hey, number three, L.A. Knight. So I'm like, oh, turn of events that I wasn't expecting, but I'm all for it. Hey, L.A. Knight played a very big part in this year, and we're going to get more into that here uh, as the show goes. All on. right. Well, number three for me, and again, I don't know. I don't know if you have him on your list or where where he'd be if you did, but obviously he'd be in a better spot if you did. But I have no idea on your list, so I shouldn't even be saying that part. But incredible year, incredible moments left and right. Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF, my number three wrestler of the year. Um, you know, at, at the start of his title uh, t- reign as AEW champion, it was. It seemed like you know he wasn't he he always puts on a good match when he's in the ring, but it just seemed like he wasn't really wanting to have too many matches, and it bothered me. And then 
you know, and the, the face turn, and he, you know, he's the people's scumbag. And it's it's been so much fun. Uh, ultimately, I think I could have had him even a little higher, but the fact that though the few match like. I guess he he's wrestled more now at the latter part of the year than the first part of the year, but regardless, nevertheless, every match he's had has been so good. MJF, my number three. You know, I was just talking to Taryn about MJF here a couple days ago. I think she'd agree with you, definitely. Number three is a good spot for MJF. Um, spoiler alert, MJF did not make my list. All right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The AEW champion did not make my list here for top five. Well, my spoiler, okay. Roman Reigns didn't make my top five either. So. And neither did he make mine. I don't think that he's uh, I don't think he's the top five wrestler because you have to wrestle. Like, I know that I chose Bray Wyatt last year, but you got to wrestle <laughs> if you want to be wrestler of the year. So. Well, full disclosure, okay. there was a little bit of bias with you cho- choosing Bray Wyatt last year. Anybody well, who knows you absolutely. knows you love Bray Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, absolutely. Okay, definitely. So, let's. Let's get into my number two. All right. Okay, we're getting, let's, let's let's near the tip of the top. Here. Now we're getting there. We're getting up there now. Definitely yep. number two has gotten higher than most in this mountain. Um, I think it's been an absolutely stunning year for this man. And uh, let's just fucking do it, man. Let's just do it right here. Okay. Ah. Swerve. Swerve Strickland absolutely gets my number two pick here. All I think right. Swerve Strickland has had probably the best year out of any singles wrestler um, in, in AEW. Um, I think he's just going to the top here. I think he definitely chose his spot with Hangman, and a lot of that, I think, rings true. You know, I think that he definitely feels like he's more deserving of a bigger spot. And, man, the matches he's put on this year, wow. Okay, we're going to definitely uh, – there's more to crack in that egg for sure for me, but uh, Swerve Strickland number two with a bullet. Okay, so I will say I do not have Swerve Strickland on my list. I definitely have him as an honorable mention, and I think if this wasn't December – and there was still like a couple months left of 2023, 100% he would definitely be on my list because he he has had a very good year, but especially the latter half of the year I felt has yeah. really been shining for him. Um, yeah. So if if this was like, say, September or October right now and we're waiting for December, I'm like, all right, Swerve Strickland for sure on my list. But nevertheless, number two for me yeah. is – uh. Somebody you've mentioned already, Seth Rollins. Uh, I I saw a post recently, and I didn't realize it until I read that. He is the only wrestler who has had a match at all main roster premium live events in 2023. The only wrestler is Seth Rollins, who's wrestled in every pay-per-view. You'd think that there'd be more people than that. You would think. And, And those were like... And the fact that he did exactly what he said he would... Roman Reigns is never there, so the big championship is never there. It's never defended, and Seth Rollins said, you put this new title on me, and I'm going to do exactly what Roman Reigns hasn't been doing. I'm going to defend it all the time, including on episodes of Raw. He defended on NXT against Braun Breaker a while back. Mm -hmm. It's been a very good year for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, my number two. Hell yeah, man. Rollins, like I said, workhorse. Yeah. All right. Here we go, the number one. My number one wrestler of the year. Last year, I chose Bray Wyatt for very obvious reasons. I love Bray Wyatt. This wrestler had a bigger year than any other wrestler in existence simply because he got to spend my 40th birthday with me 
My number one is Wardlow. That's my first pick. Oh, man. Wardlow's right. year. <laughs> Absolutely. Wardlow going from long hair to short hair and killing it this year here, coming back. Um, I feel like AEW definitely needs to give him a little more direction. Yeah. But he is my favorite wrestler. So there you go. Like it, love it, or hate it. Wardlow is my number one pick. Uh, but that being said now, that being said, I would like to call this category not the top five single wrestlers or who is your top five wrestlers of the year. This is now the Bray Wyatt Memorial single wrestler top five because he will always be number one to me. Bray Wyatt in my heart forever. Rest in peace, King. Honestly. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. And, and yeah, I respect that. I absolutely do. Um, so where where I also mention I try I try to keep my personal bias out as much as possible. Sometimes it's it's hard to ignore anyone for anyone. It's hard to ignore the personal bias and where they want. Rhea Ripley, everyone's known, has always been one of my uh my my favorite, if not my favorite woman. And actually I was gonna have Chelsea Green as number five on my women's list now that I think about it, just because I thought she even though she hasn't really been in too many big matches, but just the, the entertainment aspect of it and what she's done, I thought it's been a great year for her, but I digress. My number one wrestler, is he my favorite wrestler? Not necessarily. Do I like him? Absolutely. Has he had an incredible 2023 year? No doubt. OC, Orange Cassidy, my 2023 wow. wrestler of the year. Simply, I mean, I think... He could very well in the history, five, ten years from now, we could still say the greatest international champion of all time and like all the title defenses he's had. And it's just, I don't know. A year ago, I would not have thought, you know, Orange Cassidy has always been very good. I didn't think he would, I would have him. I'm not going to say I wouldn't think I'd have, have him in my top five, but I definitely wouldn't have thought I would have had him as number one. But you just can't ignore what he's done. You really can't. Oh, well, no. I mean, hey, that's a definitely a great number one pick. I mean, that's very good reasons to have it as well. You know, like I said, I'm picking, um, I think, on personal bias a lot of the yeah. times, which is great because we're like a good, like it's a good team. You're like play-by-play on color commentary. Where you're going, you know, stats-wise, this person's had a great year. And I'm like, but I love this guy. I don't care about <laughs> what his stats are. I just love him. Yeah. And this is why he's my number one. So it's awesome. I love this. It's a good chemistry. Absolutely. I, I will fully agree with that. <laughs> All right. Um, I will let you pick. Do we do we do our AEW match of the year? Or do we do WWE match of the year first? Let's start off with WWE match of the year first. All right, and let's let you start off with uh, what you have for matches. Or I guess you said you didn't have an honorable mention. Uh, we, we talked off air. I think you said yeah. you didn't really for match of the year. I do have an honorable mention listed for each. So I think. Yeah. I'm I'm changing the script. Uh, uh, as opposed to what we did in our, our pre-podcast meetup. But oh, yeah. um, I will go ahead and mention my honorable mention for both, and then we'll let you give your match for, of the year for, for both. Sure. Um, honorable mention for me, for WWE, from Money in the Bank. I don't know. I <laughs> Based on my track record with you on this podcast, I don't fully know how you're going to feel about it. But when it talks about storytelling and moments and history being made for different reasons, Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns versus the Usos from Money in the Bank is my honorable mention. The fact that that was the only time in the last three and a half years that Roman Reigns has even been pinned. 
And where I wasn't expecting it, I remember I did not watch Money in the Bank live. And when I finally got to that main event, it started off so slow and I was fighting, falling asleep. And then the match progressed and progressed and it got so much better. And at the end of it, I was wide awake and I was on the edge of my seat and, and just the kick out of the pinfall into the low blow with that storytelling of Jay Uso and, and Roman Reigns. And then, and then they hit that Uso splash or the, I think that was, yeah, it wasn't a one D I think it was the Uso splash from Jay Uso. And I said, there's no way that's it. One, two, three. And I was like, I was not ready for that. Not to say I wasn't ready for the Usos to win, but to pin Roman Reigns, I thought just the storytelling, incredible. Was it my match of the year? No, but do I need to mention it? Yes. That's awesome because that's definitely a moment. That's a huge moment. Like you said, that's what we watch wrestling for. Absolutely. Is those times where you're literally just drained. You're at the end of the line. It's the candles going out and you've got it on TV. Sometimes you're half watching. I'm really guilty of that. But then you're like, what was that? Whoa, hey, what, what, what? And then, like you said, edge of your seat. I've, man, I don't know how many times this year pro wrestling has put me on the edge of my seat. It's been amazing. Absolutely. You know, this is why we love it. This is why we love pro wrestling. So yes, we do. Definitely awesome. Uh, my WWE match of the year. Again, personal bias is here. Definitely, I said LA Knight was going to play a part bigger in this night here. And this is it. It is the pitch black match. Oh. Ray Wyatt <laughs> versus LA Knight is my choice for match of the year. And here's why. Not just because I love Bray Wyatt, and I think that this was just the coolest paint that he's done, um, and he really looked cool, and he's such a good... Like, it was such a good appeal. I think this was something that was ambitious. This was something that was... Yes, it was very majorly product placement. Um, I would have liked to see it just not be called the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. If it was just like... If they just put it like a non-commercial twist on it, where, you know, Bray Wyatt could have maybe named it something... I think that would have been really cool. Um, but I think definitely just the way that they worked with each other. I've watched this match recently, obviously, I think after Bray died, yeah. um, I put it on. And I just, man, I don't remember having so much fun with it. I think that a lot of people, myself included, even though I love Bray so much, I've got Bray everywhere in my room. I was really critical of a lot of the stuff he was doing, even towards the end. I really wanted to let him go with the whole Uncle Howdy stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was always, always thinking like, Oh man, he's just going to get slammed by critics now. Like, what's he going to come up with next year? I was always having that in the back of my mind. Um, right. But I think when he was able to find, like, I remember last year we were building it up so much, his big return and stuff. He didn't even wrestle, but he was still my point choice for wrestler of the year. Right. Um, you know, I think that his wrestling, his wrestling has always been playing to his strengths. You know, I think the sister Abigail is such a beautiful finisher. Yeah. Um, I think Bray's. The whole look of him doing the Sister Abigail to LA Knight in that blackout match was just amazing. So there we go. My I, WWE match of the year. I will say, and probably just like most most of the matches, I, the only time I saw that match was when I was watching the Royal Rumble live. So want to go back, but it will forever be flooded when I think of that match, at least initially, by afterwards and Uncle Howdy doing that. That jumped down and completely missing LA night, but that wasn't in the match. And it was still a moment. People honestly, they smile about it more than anything. And it's, it was fun. <laughs> like I said, this is he Bray Wyatt for good and bad. Um, he brought a lot to pro wrestling. He that did. He did. Pro wrestling doesn't have, or didn't have anymore. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and maybe if it was from a bygone era, but like I said, I think the things he did with John Cena in their in their WrestleMania match, those cinematic matches he was doing over COVID, um, the mind game stuff that he does, his character work is so good. I think he would have been a great actor. I would have loved to yeah. see him. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like in those roles. Um, but yeah, man, just obviously gone way too soon, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say more and then I <laughs> lost my train of thought, but that's okay. It was very true though. Gone too soon. Um, oh, that's, that's where I, I remembered my thought on that note. And that was, so I, I did a, another episode of Caddy chat wrestling talk podcast after the passing of Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt or two huge wrestling deaths. I couldn't originally, you know, Der- Terry Funk died the day before. So I was going to just, as my cold open of that new next episode of Caddy chat wrestling talk, I was going to give a tribute to Terry Funk well-deserved mm-hmm. and, and then Bray Wyatt shocked the entire wrestling world all the more. And I said, Nope, I'm giving them a full episode to just pay tribute. And, uh, I, I wanted to find a good clip cause I found a really good clip of Terry Funk that I thought was great to, uh, to play for kind of, kind of, I don't want to say, well, in a sense, kind of his own eulogy. And that was from his Hall of Fame speech I played at the very end of that episode. But I was like, well, I'm going to do this for Terry Funk. I need to do the same for Bray Wyatt. And I kind of regretted the one I did choose. I thought it was a good clip. I thought I found one that was from when Bray Wyatt first came back to WWE and just saying that the fans uh, saved his life. I thought that was would have been a better sound clip to use for the podcast episode. But the one I chose still resonated because he didn't want to be the next Undertaker. He wanted to be the first Bray Wyatt. And yeah. and he talked about that there. And that was so true. And he very was. Um, and had he lived longer, I know there have been so many more incredible moments for him. And, you know, we would have we would be here right now talking about so many great more things just when he returned in 2023 after his his illness that he battled for so long. And I think, you know, us as wrestling fans, I know, especially for you, we were all looking forward to that return that we never did get. Um, yeah. But yeah, gone way too soon. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt, for sure. Anyway, match of the year for me. Um, again, you're talking about a little personal bias, and there might be a little bit of that in it for me uh, with this, but I thought the match was incredible, and it had the right winner. Going back to night one of WrestleMania for what was at the time the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley. Um, many people felt that should have been wow. the main event of night one. I will still, yeah. I'll still disagree because I felt so passionate about having the tag title match as the main event that night. But they they went out there, you know, they had a WrestleMania match against each other three years prior, uh, prior where they were. They ended up losing the fans because of COVID, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna have no fans. Let's still put on a hell of a match as as we would have done if there was fans." And it was a great match. I I thought it was the best match of of WrestleMania that year. Um, especially, you know, they didn't have to rely on being a cinematic match or anything. Just had a great wrestling match. So then they have the opportunity to redeem themselves at WrestleMania 39 in front of you know a sold out crowd. At AT&T Stadium. No, not at AT&T. That was the previous, previous year. In LA. Sorry, Jamal. I know you were there. You probably enjoyed it too. But an incredible match. Knocked it out of the park. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. 
which has led to now Rhea Ripley's dominant reign as women's world champion. Um, yeah, I, that, that was stood head and shoulders above everything for me in WWE. I really hope that Charlotte Flair realizes now what she's done and her role that she's in. When you catapult yourself so fast over a three or four year span and you become an uh, 18 time woman's champion right. in that time, when you come back now, you are the old gun. You are the old vet that's yeah. there to put the younger talent over now. You're the established one. There's no more Queen Charlotte is the crown. Here's my title times. This is, you are the credible threat that's going to take the belt away. And when they beat you and you don't, that's going to be a good payoff. That's what her, that's what her role is now. Yeah. I hope. I hope. But Fair God enough. Knows. Fair enough. All right. God knows. AEW, um, I will go ahead and say my honorable mention, and uh, then we'll, uh, I don't know. Uh, you felt you felt more comfortable about uh, your match of the year, maybe. So should I just go ahead and give both mine, or should I do my honorable yeah, mention? Yeah, give both yours. Right. Give us your honorable mention first, and then give us your match of the year. Uh, I mentioned I was a little on the fence, but I, had, I still had to do it, and I felt from the moment I saw this match live that it was so good and could be contender for match of the year, but there's still just a little bit missing from it that I couldn't pull the trigger. So from that moment, I was like, I bet this could be my honorable mention. And sure enough, Kenny Omega versus Kanoke Takeshita at All Out, the, the makeshift pay-per-view a week after All In. That match stole the show that night. Um, yeah. And again, the, the storytelling between Kenny Omega and Kanoke Takeshita that Kenny Omega is still yet to get the W, and you thought, okay, this is the one time they're facing each other. This is when Kenny Omega is going to pull it off. It's just Kanoke Takesha. And that was not the result we got. And an incredible story told along the way. Very fun match to watch. Very good match. I'm giving them my honorable mention for 2023. So who gets your match of the year then for AEW? But match of the year, also a Kenny Omega match, from just a couple months prior at Forbidden Door against Will Ospreay. Yes. Uh, that is my, my match of the year. The, the storytelling in there. I, I At that point, I was so sick of seeing that stinking screwdriver in every Kenny Omega match. And it, it, it played a factor, but it wasn't the deciding factor. And, of course, the big moment for me in all of that was Will Ospreay hitting Kenny Omega with the one-winged angel and... Kenny Omega kicking out after a one count from the move that nobody kicks out of. I just, an incredible story along the way, an incredible match. Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay uh, at Forbidden Door, my AEW match of the year. Wow. Nice. All right. <laughs> Good picks, dude. Good Thank you. picks. Thank now, you. I did, I dug farther in this one. I had my choice. Okay. Like off the top of my head. But then I said, you know what? Let me go back because this was recent. You know, this was really recent. So I said, let's go back and let me just go through the year of, of pay-per-views and, and just sort of go and see through the cards, right? You know, and sort of remember. Because right. one thing I'll do is I'm really bad with my memory because I smoke so much weed um, <laughs> is that I'll watch something and love it but forget every detail about it. Right. Yeah, right. There's a the full disclosure. But anybody who knows you, yeah. <laughs> very much yeah, exactly. Time. So my choice for match of the year was something that at first was definitely something that I was laughing at, kind of. Like, I was like, this isn't real. This can't be actually happening. 
But as it went on, it became more and more legitimate that this is something that we should be paying attention to. Okay. And that is the t- Texas death match between Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page. I'm all for um, it. I think that match turned my head so much around because it was like, obviously they're bleeding a lot. Like, yeah, this is a lot of blood. And it was like, okay, this is going to st- like, this is a stupid amount of blood. Like, why do you go? Why, why are you guys still doing this to each other? But then it crossed that threshold from just being a bloody blood fest, whatever the fuck Cornette's going to call it or has called it. <laughs> um, into this story that was like, who is going to take this? How are they going to win? And how are both of these men still competing? But not just competing. It's like they didn't slow down like the script, the plan, once they both started gushing. Once they both realized, like, hey, wait a second, you're drinking my blood pouring out of my face. Right. And we're painting this canvas here, like literally painting it with like a brush. Yeah. Maybe we should just slow it down. And you know what I mean? But no, there was every apron spot, every floor spot, every ring spot, every rope spot, everything that they wanted to do, they got in there. And I think just and then again, this is this is it too, is seeing uh, Swerve's post, you know, paying homage to to Bray Wyatt in his in his trunks and his in his in his tights. Um, man, like that match for me, I remember going into it thinking this is gonna be good or great, maybe. Yeah. And then midway thinking to myself, I can't watch this anymore. This is getting grotesque. But at the end of it, thinking, I think I just watched my match of the year and maybe next year because of the emotions I felt through it. Yeah. And so, what, I mean, similar to how I felt about Kanoke Takesta and Kenny Omega, where I, I solidified that's my honorable mention this year. And mm-hmm. you, you did the same with what uh, only for match of the year. And I would agree because, like, I thought it was going to be a good match. Um, I didn't really have too much thought into it, not enough investment into it going into that match. And, you know, yeah. and I missed their previous match. I, I was too late for that at, at Wrestle Dream. And, uh, so I didn't really have anything to compare it off of for the two of them against each other. And I mean, it's just, and you mentioned it when we were doing our top five stars of the year in general, it's been a great year for Swerve in general, an incredible year. And yeah, I mean, and his, his shot, man, he is. He was a workhorse for years there and like all his time in AEW. And for him to just come out this year and say, This is my time now. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I I kudos. I enjoyed the match. I definitely thought it was match of the night that night. Um and uh I am all fully respecting and supportive of that, of that being your match of the year for sure. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So we uh I think we agreed on where our list didn't line up other than Woman Wrestler of the Year, I think we had more agreements than we did last year. You didn't really yeah. get so angry at me this year, which is kind of nice. Um, I, you know, I didn't have Jimmy Uso in my top five, so I think that helped. Dude, I thought for sure. I thought for <laughs> sure. I was like, there's no way this WWE mark is going to not put Jimmy <laughs> Uso. For the, the record. Wait, if is I, it Jimmy or is it Jay? Who's got I, the bigger thing? Oh, I definitely would have put Jay in my top five if 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 it was a Uso, and uh, <laughs> and they were my tag team of the year last year was the Usos and like, but no, it's just um, I don't know. I, I thought about if I had an honorable mention for the men single stars, I 
thought about putting Jay Uso on that, but there are so many names, including Swerve, that I also thought about. I'm like, you know what? Nope, I'm just gonna stick to my top five and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah. I've and, got Jay White as my honorable mention for the men's Jay Switchblade. Okay, Jay that, that's fair. That's that's yeah. very fair. So Yeah, I think yeah. he's he's gone from somebody that I knew something up of uh to somebody who's like one of my favorites to watch on TV. Don't miss a match, that kind of stuff. That's yeah, I, I like it. I like it. And uh yeah. I, I respect that. I think it's a, a good answer. <laughs> so um, so we did top five tag teams, top five women, top five men. Match of the year for WWE, match of the year for AEW. Let's say this time next year, let's get back together for the three-peat. We're adding top yeah. five factions. If everything, if anything goes like in 2024, like it did in 2023, that should be very easy to do. But that was a lot of fun having you on today to reflect on the year of wrestling. I want to ask you one question here as we close off this year in review here. I want to ask you something we didn't practice or this is not rehearsed right, here. Yeah. But in like your it. opinion now, which promotion in North America or even just which promotion in the world had the best year in your opinion? Oh, man. <laughs> I almost feel like it's a cop-out if I said WWE. And part of me wants to, but I'm looking at my list. I think I actually had more standouts from AEW on the list, which says a lot. So uh, I think it's still, I mean, WWE is forever like that flagship company, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? And they definitely had a lot of fill of moments, but AEW had a lot of fill of moments too. So, mm-hmm. oh, it's definitely going to be one of those two. But honestly, like Impact Wrestling, you know, in 2024, we're going to be talking about TNA. I'm so yeah. excited that they're back to TNA, or going to be back to TNA. Um, That's cool. Uh, big things for them. And I always enjoy watching their pay-per-views, but I'm a, yeah, I don't know. If I'm looking at my list, it might, I might have to say AEW, to be honest. Wow. Okay. This is going to flip the script because <laughs> I'm actually looking at WWE here <laughs> as having. I, I was ready for it. If I said WWE, you were going to be upset <laughs> with me. You're like, oh, of course. Well, see, now this is it. Is I, I'll, be, I'll be as realist and honest as I can here. Okay. And I think, you know, Taryn and I talked about this recently too. And she's a big advocate of this. Um, you know, is WWE, man, they, they, yes, they're the juggernaut, but I think this year with the Endeavor, with, you know, the TKO, with yeah, TakeOver, absolutely. with Triple H coming into power, um, and now with them getting CM Punk back, you know, Taron hates him, absolutely hates his guts, uh, but, like, he's a name, he's home, he's yep. getting storylines now. There's, there's a whole lot WWE's done this year, I think. Um, AEW definitely had a big year, too. But I think the shine is starting to wear off a bit on AEW, and they're starting to show a bit of the cracks of like, you know, you got to be in this. Like WWE is looking at you know the last fifty years and the next fifty years. You know, yeah. Like AEW needs to have a long term scope as well, uh, because right now, like, I don't think AEW had a very good year. I think Tony Khan really needs to get somebody in there that's going to be a muscle as far as a boss, um, because he cannot be the best friend fanboy. That he has been. Correct. Um, he can't be he, like I was just watching. I think it was uh, wrestling with regret, where they were just talking about like he was like saying, "Do you think Vince gives these guys options? No, Vince tells them you're going to be at this meeting. Yep. This is the meeting you're going to be at. It. It's not. Hey, can you do a meeting? Hey, can you do a meeting? No. There needs to be more of an authority figure. I think in AEW, and I think that's where their weak link is because it's showing in their booking and it's showing in the decisions being made. So I'm hoping that AEW has a stronger 2024, but like, man, 2021, yes. 2022, yes. 2023, hmm. 
All right, and, and I that's coming from me. Yeah, you know? so, I don't so let me let me rephrase my answer because I fully agree with you. So where I don't want to like completely flip flop, which it's yeah. gonna sound like I am, because I wanted to say, and part of that was I wanted to say WWE, and I was ready for you to yell at me. Yeah, but yeah, like, of course. Um, I mean, it's no secret about like the drop of attendance in AEW. Um, yeah. it, it was a big thing for him to get, you know, Adam Copeland. That's a huge thing for him. But so to me, I think what it is for that was great for AEW was a standout performance, a standout stars. They really built up some of those names. I, like I said, I did not think I would be standing here saying Orange Cassidy as wrestler of the year. I did not think yeah. I was, uh, you know, Adam Cole and MJF would work as a tag team. So right. really for a star perspective of the stars and building their talent, AEW takes that. But for the moments and the overall year and the production and everything, that's where WWE still stands out for me. Is that nice. fair? Yeah. All right. Fair, Sounds good. Definitely fair. Does this was a lot of fun? Thank you. I swear to John, this has been the best. Man. This has been a really <laughs> yes. fun night. Oh man. Well, this was another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast with special guests Des Stroh, the Eskimofo, Des Lorraine for 2023 year-end review. I hope you had just as much fun listening to this as Des and I had having the conversation. So, Des, thanks again. And in the meantime, thank you for listening to another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And until next time, we'll see you then. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs>